fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. We're back. It's time for Terminator 2, friends. Yeah. Oh, Pat, it just the just the music. I, I think you and I had the same reaction. Yours was a yeah. little bit more physical than my reaction was just yeah. then. But like I earlier today I, I put on this music and I was like, I'm just gonna get I, I I'm not having a fun day at work, so I'm just gonna put this music on and just get myself in the mind of you know where we're gonna be tonight as we're recording. Mm. And, oh man. I, I'm I'm telling you, you know, I, I wanna discuss the music in this, right? Yeah. I wanna yeah. discuss the music in this. This was one of the first soundtracks that I, I bought. Like I, I, I remember I had buying. this one on cassette also. Yeah. Um and and uh, I had this one and I had the I want to say it was the twentieth or thirty twenty fifth, whatever it was. It was one of the like uh, it was a big collection of James Bond themes. Okay. It was like twenty years of Bond or twenty five years about something like that. Um, I had that one. I had this one, and I had I want to say, at about the same time, I had the Star Trek six. Uh, oh. soundtrack on cassette, which we're also doing this month. Oh. Um, just, man. Yeah. Good my stuff. bank, My bank account just went down because <laughs> I just bought all these soundtracks. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like, well, we got to get into it, but yeah, I want to talk about the soundtrack in this because I just have so many thoughts about it. Um, yeah. But just, yeah, almost a minimalist soundtrack, but those melodies just haunt just stick with you. Uh, yeah, I, I, we'll get into yeah. it. We'll get we'll, into it. We'll talk we'll about the music because as I was listening to it today, and I've listened to this thing countless times, but as I listened to it today, I was like, God, I can hear, like I know it's just the music, but I can hear the truck going through the tunnel or the, the helicopter going through the tunnel. Oh, And that's yeah. music. That's not a sound effect. That's He's yeah. doing that with the instruments. And I'm like, and I... It, I've said several times, and you're you're a music teacher. I know absolutely nothing about music, but I know I appreciate it when I hear it. And I'm like, I don't know how he, I don't know how people do that kind of stuff. But man, they're it blows they're my gifted. mind every time I listen to this soundtrack. I don't know how people do that either, because I'm I'm you know yeah. what these composers can do. It's 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 a gifted thing, and I I disagree with that. I think you know about music, and I know you've been studying it, and just uh you know and 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 I, studying. I can't, I can't play it. We'll put it that way. Yeah, but you, you know, right? And and you know, like, uh, but you appreciate it, right? I, and you I listen do. to things that like, like, educate you on the subject. And right. and uh, 
my gosh, yeah. But it, 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 that music just really, it just fits the film so well. My word, it fits the, and, and like I said, just these simple themes that come out and you can see what's happening. You can taste the action. Um, yeah, so I think yeah. I, I, John, I, I don't want to be too forward, but I've broken this movie down. We have so much so we can put music uh-huh. that we need to discuss. Okay, stunts yeah. okay. we need to discuss. Uh, practical effects we need to discuss. Chase scenes we need to discuss. Um, let me see, what else? Gray tank tops we need to discuss. Uh, I need to be doing a heck of a lot more pull-ups we need to discuss. Uh, so motorcycles, did I mention that? Not, not yet. Okay, so we got we got many different aspects of this movie that need to be discussed. Okay, I, I wrote everything down. So is this is this is this a point of entry, right? Like we need to discuss this. Is this is this the gateway to the Terminator franchise for a generation for our generation of people? I'm gonna say yes because I saw this one first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real, real quick before we get into it, we, we got our we got our spiel and other stuff here. At the give the spiel. We'll, I'm we'll, muting we'll myself because I'm excited. Well, I know we're we're kind of excited, so we're like, okay, let's just get oh, right into it. And the, um, but no, actually, I did see this one first. I saw this before I saw yeah. Terminator. Um, and I was at the age that I saw this, I was hooked like this was, and this is why I grouped together and and rightfully so, um, predator, terminator, alien, Mm -hmm. RoboCop, like all of those franchises that are, that are in a similar vein as each other. I grouped those all together because that was a a time in my life when I was what, 13, 14 Mm -hmm. years old and just discovering all of these things at once. I'm like, I, I don't know how much of my little 14 year old mind was left. It was, it, it just exploded. Yeah. So, all right. Well, quick spiel. Um, we are the 30 something movie podcast. I don't know if we mentioned that yet. Um, we, uh, we talk about movies that are hitting their 30th anniversary and T2 is hitting its 30th anniversary this year. Um, spoiler alert. We spoil freely here. So be warned. Um, also spoiler alert. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to try to edit out as much as I can but I've got a little tiny tickle in my throat. So I've, I've got a little bit of a little bit of a cough and maybe a little bit of a scratchy voice. So mm-hmm. um, if, uh, if we have the opportunity to do any Kenny Rogers uh, cover songs, I, I think I can pull off a really great gambler um, with, oh. with, with the voice later tonight. A warm summer's Eve. I'm not going to try it. Um, on a train bound for, nope, <clears throat> that, that didn't work. Not, not happening. It, but not happening. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. We'll let, hey. It, we'll, get it, we'll let it get a little scratchier, and then we'll try again. It's. You got to have, you got you to have. <laughs> when, I was, when I was teaching, when I was still in the classroom, I, I would, like, every, every year, around about the same time, I would lose my voice. Oh, yeah. And, and then when I would try to, it was usually in the fall. Um, and then when I would try to talk, it was just very, it was very low. It was very gravelly. Like that's the best time to do a Darth Vader impersonation. Oh yeah. Um, that's the best time to try to sing Kenny Rogers songs. You know, what, whatever. Um, yeah. I, I would always try to do, um, oh man, who did Princess Leia disguise herself as? Which Bosch. Yato, Yato, Yate. Like when I was getting my voice back, like I could get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like that was that was golden. You know, I'd mm-hmm. sit there, I'd be sitting there in like math class, sitting next to my buddy Kevin, and I'd just yeah. be like, Yato, Yato. And it was like you could you could fire that up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's fun stuff. So I'm gonna try the best I can not to uh, cough into the microphone here because I it, that's that's fun audio when that happens. John, so. w- I'm sorry. We also have to put something on there. 
wicked awesome, like doing the rifleman thing with the shotgun and shooting the locks off the fences. Okay, that needs to be a whole <laughs> subcategory of what we discussed okay. too. Because shooting, shooting locks <laughs> off fences. I mean, come on. Okay. I mean, right? Like that has to be a category. All right. So yes. So Pat is dictating the categories of our discussion this evening. I currently have us down at one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we have seven categories. Okay. To talk about tonight okay. related to T two. So, all right. So we should be pretty good. Uh, we'll be here until probably one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we'll be here till Terminator our, three. Our Patreon <laughs> behind the curtain here. We'll say we're going to record one of our Patreon episodes tonight as well. So, um, mm-hmm. we that one might be like five minutes long. We might talk Terminator <laughs> yeah. two until like one o'clock in the morning, and then all of a sudden, yeah. we're like, uh, yeah, I got I got to get some sleep before tomorrow. But I, I right. five minutes. Let's talk about stripes. That's right. So, yeah. Well, we are part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. Uh, we are sponsored by the Scene Stealers International Convention Agent, who have a top-class roster of movie and TV stars ready to be booked now for your Comic-Con or event. Um, and uh, if, yeah, if you want to book us for your Comic-Con or event, we, we do that. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd travel that'd for be, the podcast. That'd be fun. That'd be kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of who would have to talk to me at a booth. Oh, God, there's Kenny Gallo. Ugh. <laughs> apparently people in gray tank tops oh keeping keeping my fingers crossed okay, there, there we go um did i tell you that if uh the c2e2 that we go to that comic yes. show every year is supposed to take place in the second week of december so yeah. fingers crossed that the world goes the direction it should um yep. and and things reverse back from where they should not be right now right um, right but uh, I think I think I know what I'm going to do for my costume this year because they gotta got to kind of keep it low-key. I don't think they're letting people wear masks or helmets or things like that. Um, hmm. I think I might do Ash from uh, Evil Dead. Oh, because, yeah. I think I might do that. Now, I don't have the, the Bruce Campbell chin, so what I've looked at doing is maybe just finding, like, a high-res picture of his face and getting it printed on a face mask that I can wear. Oh, that's so, awesome. So I'll have the Bruce Campbell chin. It'll just be printed on. Yeah, I yes, yeah. and I'll yes. have to I'll have to grow the hair out too. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you can check out Scene Stealers at www.scenestealersglobal.com. Uh, you can visit our website too, thirty podcastcom That's three zero and podcast.com, uh, where you can rate, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Uh, as we mentioned, this month's episode is Stripes from nineteen eighty one because it's hitting its fortieth anniversary. So that'll be a fun one. Um. And uh, yeah, actually, somebody left us a note uh, through the website the other day. I think they oh. had just they had just missed our King Ralph uh, episode, and they wrote in and they're like, "Hey, I would love it if you guys did a King Ralph episode because um, we watched this when uh, my family watched this when we were younger, and uh, we kind of all agreed it wasn't good. So I'm kind of sadistic, and I want you guys to watch it and talk about it." And I was like, "All right, cool. We've all done, done, and done. Bam. So bam, nice. Here, here you go. Cool. Here's here's the link. Hope you enjoy it. And yeah." So, yeah, uh, Leroy, I, uh, that was his name. I forget what his last name was, okay. but uh, his first name was Leroy. So, Leroy, thanks for writing in. And- yeah, seriously, uh, that's just so cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just going to keep saying this, and I apologize to any of our frequent listeners. I just keep saying it like this is so cool to be able to interact with people because, like, I mean, it's it's just cool. It's yeah. just cool, and I love getting people's opinions and, and just, I mean, I don't want to cue the – Maybe cue the Terminator 2 music, put this message over the T2 music, but it's just like, it's cool that we can come together and talk about movies and just like, it, it might it might seem kind of cheesy to say, 
movies bring us all together, but it's just like, it's just nice to meet people in this world and not, you know, and not have negativity, but just meet people in this world and, you know, guys talk about this movie and cool and what did you think about this movie you know that's that's just fun yeah. so thank you thank you so much for taking the time to to uh message or write in or you know all that other kind of stuff yeah yeah uh and in particular i want to thank while we still got the t2 music going here um i do want to thank in particular uh podrick jason jonathan chris rob greta um our patrons on patreon our co-executive producers of the show. Thank you so much. Um, and, and some of them were getting around to the time where, um, you know, they're, they're sponsoring us here on the show. They're, they're pitching in a little bit just to, just to keep the show going. And, um, and, uh, some of them, the benefits that they get at the, the level that they, uh, donate to on Patreon, we're coming around the time where they're going to be back on the show again. Yes. So awesome. We're going to get some of them back on and that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've already, you know, I've already dictated that there's going to be 86 different categories that we're going to talk about in this movie. Yeah. So, my gosh, the people that open up and, and and donate money to the show, my God, I don't even know what to say other than thank you. That is just such a cool thing. And, you know, you guys just, yeah, yeah. awesome. So thank you all awesome. so much. We we really appreciate that. We, we hope you're enjoying the extra stuff we're throwing in over there at uh, – over on Patreon, and um, we got some other stuff coming too. I'm trying to work out some stuff where maybe we have a little bit of swag that we can share with some of our uh, Patreon friends. Oh, that'd and, be great! And uh, some other stuff. That'd be great. So, um, if I if I head back to the store, maybe I can. I have the party pal behind me that that we all like, oh. all the all the hosts got for Christmas one year. Maybe we can get like a, an official thirty podcast party pal. Yeah, that'd be awesome. For those and not in the know of what the party pal is, basically <laughs> it is a it is a tray that rests on one arm, like it has a little handle okay. underneath it. You rest the tray on your arm. You can put a drink. You can put your utensils. You can put your food on it. Um, Outstanding. Have you, how many times have you used it? Have you actually used it? Oh my god! Like constantly okay. because I don't. I don't sit down. Don't sit down. No, you stand up. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm firing that sucker up. Okay. All right. Rocking it. And a special shout out to Padraig. I like uh, depending on when this gets released. I know the Olympics will be in the rearview mirror, but um, uh, was watching. A big fan of the Olympics and all the different sports. Like that's yeah. a lot of that is stuff I like to watch and, and, and do the rowing. If I've got this correct, the men's uh, rowing, it was a two person. Uh, I, I forget what it's called, uh, but it's the rowing. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they won the first medal for Ireland in that uh, in, in the rowing. Ca- and I don't know what category it is. Cause I think there's different weights and all that. Um, but my gosh, just watching, watching all those uh, folks, you know, do that and row the boat or the, you know, down the, down the channel there. And, and my God, it, it's just awesome to see. And they finished. And I want to say that I think the Irish team won the first gold medal for Ireland in the rowing event ever. Um, so I, that was, that was pretty awesome uh, yeah. to watch that. And uh, yeah, that's just cool stuff. So yeah, shout out to Ireland. That was, that yeah. was awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, well, this is also our first episode of the month. Well, technically, it's the first episode about a movie this month, and it was going to be the first episode this month. I did release, I don't know if you ended up seeing it, um, I, I was inspired by the passing of uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I did put it, I put it in an episode on Sunday, uh, kind of my little tribute to ZZ Top. And, and uh, yeah. it actually Sunday was actually the 40th anniversary of the beginning of MTV. So, oh, um, there we go. 
<clears throat> and I'm going to shout out the Shirley podcast guys. I loved the the thing they put up on. Uh, you're not on the social medias, but they they put up a picture of the astronaut uh, planting the flag. You know, yeah. the, the original images of MTV, and they <laughs> I, I loved the caption they put on it. They were like, T- "MTV turns 40 this year. Thanks MTV for 14 great years of music videos." Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, son of a gun. Yeah, so, yeah. Things things change. D, D and Jason things... knocking it out of the park with the memes. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm just saying too. Like, check out those guys' shows because, yeah. like, check it out. I mean, they're doing uh, Alien vs. Aliens. Yes. Um, and I know John, that's something that's near and dear to your heart, but. Yeah, wicked awesome. I think I'm, I, I don't know if they'll end up using the audio, but they had me actually uh, pipe in and, and record a little thing for them on Good. my take on it. So I I may be there in spirit. Good. That's so, awesome because, no, yeah. I, the yeah sure- they, they told me about that ahead of time. They're like, yeah, we're about to do this one. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you learn so much from their shows. Uh, the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast. You yeah. learn so much from their shows. Just, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that. Or, oh, wow, yeah. I, that's new to me. Or I didn't know about that little vignette of how that came to be. Yeah. Um, but it's all conversational. So, honestly, every time I listen to them, it's just like, oh, yeah, I've been hanging out with them. No, I've just been listening yeah. to them talk. It's really, they have a great show that you learn so much from. But it's just like a couple guys that you're just hanging out, shooting the breeze, talking movies with. Yeah. You know, so what a. Yeah. What a fantastic show those guys have. But, yeah, the alien Aliens one is pretty cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, before we get into it, so this this being the first of unofficial first uh, episode of August, uh, we do our we jump in the DeLorean and we drive back to uh, – we, we drive up to 88. We drive mm-hmm. back to this month in 91, so August of 1991. We share a little bit of stuff with you as to what was going on in August of 1991. Um, and I will say um, – this one was uh, this one was packed with some pretty good stuff. So mm-hmm. um, some 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 interesting stuff in here, like a lot going on in August of ninety one. It's a busy month. Um, oh, and, and very very quickly before we do this, uh, we hit. I, I know for some, you know, for for some spots they'd be like, uh, that's not very much, but I, we're we're small but mighty. Uh, we passed two thousand followers on Twitter, which was kind of awesome. All right, nice. So that was we had kind of we had kind of hovered in the uh, the mid uh 1900s for a while and i was like oh man it would be kind of cool like i'm 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 not like i gotta have the followers gotta have the followers kind of stuff but i'm like it'd be just be kind of cool if you if you pass that 2000 threshold so uh and That's we did really cool last week yeah so that was kind of cool too um all right so this month in 91 top news in 91 um let's see august 6th tim berners lee debuts the world wide web as a publicly available service yeah <laughs> And our, li- and our lives were never the same again. No. And then there was Zoom. <laughs> as, as, we, as we're recording on Zoom, I, I say that. Um, right. August 12th, Metallica releases Metallica, the Black Album. Ah, oh, there you go. And that was another one like that. I, I didn't discover it in 91 because I was still a, I was knee deep in Guns N' Roses uh, mm-hmm. at that point. But Metallica, I think Metallica was a little bit more... As I got into high school, uh, yeah, I, I kind of shifted a little bit from Guns N' Roses to Metallica, and that was my first Metallica album. Um, so I, yeah, that one I, I wore out that CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then here, here, here's where you got a lot of stuff going on. August nineteenth, conservative members of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union attempt to depose Mikhail Gorbachev in a coup d'état. Yeah, there you go. 
And then August 24th, a few days later, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev resigns as head of the USSR Communist Party. Mm -hmm. so lots of stuff going on. Uh, August 25th, Linux was born when Linus Torvalds sent off the email announcing his project to create a new operating system for computers. Um, Bo would probably appreciate that one a little bit more than you do, but that's okay. I, I, well, see, my brother is a very, um, my brother's a really smart guy. Okay. You know, like, get all that kind of stuff. So he talked about Linux. And I mean, for yeah. the long, he built a computer and the longest time was talking about Linux operating systems and yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. And uh, my wife, Tammy is a dyed in the wool Apple person. So take a wild guess how much fun those family dinners are. Wow. Not, Thanksgiving not must be great. Oh yeah. No, and they don't get argumentative, but it's just good nature, you it know, just, good nature fun. In, it turns into those old, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercials. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I'm kind of like the guys in Zoolander. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you press the, <laughs> you know, like that whole thing, like trying to figure out how to, uh -huh. no, but no, I am aware here. I'm going to upset all the tech people out there. I'm aware of the Linux. Okay. All right. I know it somehow helps with internet uh -huh. it's, it helps, stuff. Yes. It helps with internet stuff. Um, yeah. Let's see. Births. Uh, my daughter was excited about this one. Um, August 16th, Ivana Lynch, who played uh, Luna Lovegood in the Harry oh. Potter movies was born August 16th, 1991. Nice. So uh, that's her favorite character from the movies. So she, when I told her that that was one of our news things for this month, she was very excited. Cool. Um, let's see. Deaths. Uh, August 13th, Jack Ryan. Not that Jack Ryan. Uh, the inventor of the Barbie doll and Hot Wheels dies at age 65. All right. And then this one, like I was shocked. Like this, this rocked my world maybe more than anything else recently. Um, on August 16th, 1991, Shamu the whale died of respiratory failure at age 16. Oh. To which when I read that, I responded, wait a minute. Like, I don't know that I ever went to SeaWorld, but I spent a good portion of the 90s thinking that Shamu was still at SeaWorld. Yeah, <laughs> me too. And you're telling me Shamu, is this like the, is this like the Simpsons where they just replace it with like Snowball 4? <laughs> Okay, so that hits close to home because my mom did have dogs growing up. They had puddles. Uh -huh. You think a wild guess, listening audience, why they called the dog puddles. Uh -huh. But they had puddles one, two, and three. <laughs> All right. So I get, it. I, I get it, man. I okay. get it. I get it. I but get I mean, it. that's like as a kid, I was like, I, I, I kind of thought it was the same whale the whole time. I, I, I did too. I'd see all the commercials for SeaWorld, and there was Shamu, yeah. and I thought that was like the actual Shamu, but. Apparently not. I, I, well, your reaction is like right what was going through my head. I was like, hmm. This is basically, okay, so Shamu the Whale, this is basically the plot of Dave. Yes, that's right. They just traded him for a different whale. That now, exactly that like him. That'd be a good movie. Now, that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that would be a great movie. Hollywood, are you listening? Hollywood. I know I know that a lot of movies lately, you're you're doing like established franchises, so you don't have to like spend extra money and it's already familiar to people. I, I think people are familiar with whales mm -hmm. and I think that maybe some people remember the movie Dave from the yeah. 90s. So make a whale movie. Yeah. Dave the whale. I think it'd be perfect. All right. Oh, darn to it. And it would be Dennis. If you're listening, write that screenplay. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think he's out in California right now. So it's, it's a good time to write a, a screenplay. Write screenplay. So yeah. Uh, top books in August of 91 were The Kitchen God's Wife by Amy Tan and The Sum of All Fears by Tom Clancy. Mm. 
I'm a uh, Tom Clancy fan, man. That yeah. was a good one. That was a good one? Yeah. Uh, that one just makes me think of how many times the trailer for that movie played on TV when it came yeah. out, and all I remember is just Ben Affleck shouting, the bomb is in play. Yeah. That's all I know about. And I, I did watch, you know, The Sum of All Fears, but that's, yeah. like that, that's all I remember from the trailer. I, 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 You know what? The Sum of All Fears is good. I, I really like the... the um, friendly fire podcast and the greatest gen podcast. Cause they'll do hunt for at October. Uh, like greatest gen does some, and then Tom uh, um, friendly fire does some, but I really like, I saw that movie in a new light after listening to them break that down. So it was, yeah, it's good. And I, yeah, Tom Clancy books are good. I got to stop interrupting this, John. I'm no, muting right. myself. I'm sorry. There's just no, too much right. to be excited about in this episode. And we haven't even talked about Terminator yet. So I know we got seven, we got seven things to talk about. I know. So. Um, let's see what else. Top movie was for the entire month. Hot Shots was the top movie in August of 91. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then top songs uh, for the entire month was Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. Yeah. All right. Well, this time around, we are talking Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It came out on the 3rd of July, 1991. It was rated R with a runtime of two hours and 17 minutes. Directed by mm-hmm. James Cameron, who also did Aliens, The Abyss, and Avatar. Produced by James Cameron, who also did Point Break and Dark Angel, the TV series. Writers were James Cameron and William Wisher. Cameron did True Lies, Titanic. Wisher did Judge Dredd and The 13th Warrior. Cinematography was done by Adam Greenberg, who also did Iron Eagle and Alien Nation. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, for some reason, I thought of Alien Nation the other day when I was really upset about something. Yeah, and I'm driving. I think it might have been something with work, and I'm driving in my car, and I I forgot that I remembered this quote. Okay, and I'm driving in my car, and I just go, you know what, your mother mates out of season. <laughs> it's like where did that come from? Oh, alienation. That's where that came. Alienation. From. There uh, you go. <clears throat> uh, music was done by Brad Fidel, who also did True Lies and Johnny Mnemonic. The budget for this one was 102 million. Which is funny because I think if you look in some of the trivia about this one, the original budget was something like, oh, I want to say it was like sixty million, no, seventy-five million, and it like the the production, the uh, studio executives got real worried when it jumped up to eighty-eight million. So then I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, the final budget was one hundred two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm sure those studio guys were um, a little just just a tad nervous. Yeah. Uh, one of them's name was Puddles at the end of that. I was going to say. Now, yeah. read the next stat, and we'll see if it was well justified. Yes, it was well justified because the box office take on this one was 520.9. <laughs> That's for a movie that came out in 1991. Yeah. Like, that would blow things away today by today's yeah. standards. But, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flick Metrics gives this one an 85%, and Cinema Score gives it an A+, as they should. Yeah, Arnold 85. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, 80, well, <clears throat> it kind of it combines, you know, combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Letterbox. So some of those might have some like, you know, criticy people mm. that are like, well, if you look at the um, the time travel aspects of this movie, then it doesn't make sense because uh, Miles Dyson um, in the original timeline um, somehow was able to create the Terminators in exactly the same time without the benefit of a hand and a chip. And then they Mm -hmm. come back in time and now he's got the hand and the chip and shouldn't he be a whole lot further than he was before? And it, you know, you get people like that. That's the issue. That's the 85. Yeah, that could be, I don't know. 
They flew a helicopter under a bridge. My God, like, and they say, I'm getting critical of movies. They had, a, just, they had a liquid metal Terminator I, that looked realistic I know. in 1991. Their lead actor ran from moving vehicle to moving vehicle, firing an AR-15. I mean, it's it's like, <laughs> what else do you want in a movie? Well, I don't. At, I, I started watching the uh, the movies that made us because I hadn't watched any of those yeah. yet. And they, I was watching the one on Jurassic Park. Yeah. And they were talking about you know all the technology that was going into trying to make the dinosaurs look realistic. That they started with stop motion, and then the kind of gorilla style some of the other guys like secretly yeah. did the uh, the computer animation yeah and i'm like okay that's great that's still like a year or two after the t1000 mm-hmm. and that you can watch terminator today mm-hmm. and the t1000 still looks convincing yeah like the effects are still so good anyway okay Arnold Schwarzenegger was in this movie, apparently. Uh, he played mm-hmm. the Terminator. He was also in Predator and Total Recall. Linda Hamilton played Sarah Connor. She was in Dante's Peak and the TV series Beauty and the Beast. Edward Furlong played John Connor. He was in Detroit Rock City and American History X. Robert Patrick played the T-1000. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> uh, he played the T-1000 perfectly. Uh, he was also in the X-Files and True Blood. Earl Bowen played Dr. Silverman. He was in Alien Nation. Maybe that's why I was thinking of Alien Nation, too. Um, he was also in Naked Gun 33 and a third. <laughs> Joe Morton played Miles Dyson. He was in Speed and Paycheck. S. Epatha Merkerson, Merkerson, let's try that one again, uh, played Teresa Dyson. She was in Law and Order and Jacob's Ladder. Castulo Guerrera, nah, let's try that one again, too. Castulo Guerra played Enrique Salceda. He was in The Usual Suspects and The Purge Anarchy. Danny Cooksey played Tim. He was in the TV show Different Strokes and Salute Your Shorts. Jeanette Goldstein played Janelle Voigt. She was in Aliens and Near Dark. Uh, one of your, you, you said that might be one of your movie crushes? Yeah, okay. in Aliens, I think, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. <sighs> Zan, I was just giving you a moment. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I know. You okay there? Yeah, I'm okay. I just okay. thought of something else we got to talk about with this movie. Oh, good grief. Okay. More bullet points. Uh, Xander Berkeley played Todd Voigt. Todd. <laughs> uh, Eric- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't know it was an emergency. I'll get right on it. I mean, that's just so classy. He's sitting there watching the game. Would you get in him? I mean, what is it? Well, and I, I, I had heard somewhere else that somebody was like, Oh, is one of, have you ever seen those videos where they do like, here's everything wrong with this movie in 16 minutes? Yeah. Have you ever yeah, seen those? Seen yeah. It. So I, I was like, yeah. okay, try to convince me that there's, you know, more than two things wrong with Terminator 2. Um, so I'm watching this video and they, <clears throat> they use that as one of their points of what's wrong with it. It's like, how could this guy possibly have not known that his wife was the T-1000? Like she's just sitting there making dinner and he hasn't noticed at all up to this point. I'm like, yeah. Did you watch the earlier part of the movie where he's sitting on the couch watching the game, not paying attention? Yeah, I know. She's like, Todd, he's like, what? Did you, you didn't watch that part because he's not really paying attention to anything. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway. Bark, 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 bark. <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, Janelle, what's wrong with Wolfie? <laughs> Shut up, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing. Oh, Wolfie's man. just fine. Wolfie's fine, dear. Mm-hmm. I've made dinner. This is weird. Your foster parents are dead. Um, let's see. So, so he was in Air Force One and Barbed Wire. 
And then Robert Winley, who died in 2001, played the cigar biker. Uh, he was also in Near Dark and Pale Rider. <laughs> in this... <laughs> you, you forgot to say please. <laughs> you forgot to say please. Um, in this sequel, set 11 years after the Terminator, young John Connor is the key to civilization's victory over a future robot uprising. Uh, he is also the target of a shape-shifting T-1000, a Terminator sent from the future to kill him. Another Terminator, the revamped T-800, has been sent back to protect the boy. As John and his mother go on the run with the T-800, the boy forms an unexpected bond with the robot. Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down. ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. Yeah, I'll trust you. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm not uh, even going to ask how this movie makes us feel because I think we've already pretty much said it. Yeah. This is going to be like Pat Pat having watched Commando for the first time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Um, so, we started a little bit earlier. We, you know, we, we jumped the gun just a little bit. But uh, this, I actually saw this one first. So, mm -hmm. I had seen this one. And I think partly because I think this is one of those that probably, you know, watched with the uncle that showed me all the stuff that I shouldn't have seen, you know, before I saw it. And uh, this was one that I know that I saw with him. I know he, he rented it one time when we were, um, you know, when we were back from England. And I remember watching it with him. But then I also remember watching this with my friends once it came out on video. Because in England, um, you know, this one would have been a little bit easier for, for you know, kids to see because... Um, in England, this one's rated 15, you know, so they break right. up their, they break up the rating system. So they have a, um, I think they have, uh, U for universal, they have PG, which is like our PG, and then they have kind of 12, which is kind of like their PG 13. And then 15 is for, um, I think that's like for R rated movies that 
maybe the language is not quite as bad and there's no nudity in it and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and then 18 obviously is for, you know, the very much R rated movies. Um, yeah. this one was rated 15. So that was one that like a lot of my friends' parents were okay with them, you know, renting. If we had like a sleepover party or something like that, they were okay with us, you know, renting and watching this one. Um, I feel like at the same sleepover party, I was introduced to, I, I had already seen this one, but I think at the same sleepover party, I watched this movie and was introduced to Universal Soldier and Army of Darkness. <laughs> there you go. So that's fun. That was a memorable sleepover party. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them wanted to play Street Fighter 2. <clears throat> and I was like, but, but Army of Darkness is on. And no. Yeah. No. No. We'll play Street Fighter 2 later. No, no, no. This supersedes Super Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I saw this one first. This was my introduction to the Terminator franchise. Um, and so then that was then kind of like an interesting, that was an interesting way to watch it because there was plenty of stuff in this movie that was like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. Yeah. So. Do you need the first one to understand this movie? Can this be a standalone movie? No, do they yes, give you? I, I think it can because I think they yeah. do enough, especially those scenes where she's in the mental institution, and they kind of give you the you know he talks. John talks a little bit about her with his friend um, yeah. when they're stealing money out of the ATM. The doctors talk about her history. The police make a point of saying, "All right, well, this was taken this many years ago at this police station." This one was taken today. And so I think you get enough of a sense of like, they did it really well. You get enough of a sense of this is what happened in the first one. This was the bad guy in the first one. Um, And, and I think not having seen, I think you were going to be surprised either way. If you saw this one, having already seen the first one, then you're going to spend up until we get to the mental institution um, you're going to spend a lot of the movie not really knowing who the villain is. Right. Now, if you had seen the trailer, you would have a sense of who the hero right. is and who the villain is. But, um, you know, I, I had not seen the trailer when I watched this at age 12 or 13 or whatever right. it was. Um, so I didn't know. I mean, I knew. I think I knew enough about the Terminator from having, like, seen pop culture references to it mm-hmm. or having seen the video cassette in the, in blockbuster on the shelf and maybe looking at it every once in a while um, or having other people talk about it or, or whatever. So I feel like I knew what the Terminator was. Terminator is a killer robot. Um, that's pretty straightforward. Like you don't really need to know a whole lot more term if killer robot that came from the future. He's trying to kill this person. He's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I think this one stands alone on its own. You know, you don't need the first one. Um, and having watched this one first, then watching the first one, it was like, oh, that kind of nicely filled in. You know, I didn't need this story, but it's a great story. Like now that I've seen this first one, like that's a nice prequel to the first one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you mentioned it. I think Army of Darkness, this, and honestly, Aliens are the, unless I'm missing something, are all movies that you can see without seeing the other ones in the franchise and get a, get a complete movie experience almost to the point where the other ones are almost like a different genre, almost, almost ish. Right. Um, they all fit together really well. Um, but yeah, I think about this, this all the time. I, I remember the buzz, man. I remember, um, 
all the rumpus going on about Terminator 2. Everybody talking about Terminator 2. Um, everybody like, oh man, I'm going to go see it this weekend or go whatever. And I'm trying to think, like, I wasn't, I wasn't in high school. I don't even know if I was, you know, um, I think I was just 13 when it came out. I think so. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, because I can do math. And so, like, I'm right at that age where those movies are kind of like becoming possible, you know, and everyone's talking about it. And then I remember talking to my folks about it. My dad's like, oh, yeah, that sequel came out. He had seen the original and he kind of filled me in. And that was kind of what I went on until I finally saw it, probably at, you know, some guy's house when it was rented um, because I didn't see it in the theater. But, you know, they had, my dad had kind of filled in the backstory and he basically, what he said was exactly the description of a Terminator. Yeah, it was, you know, the killer machine from the future. Okay, but what does this machine look like? Well, it looks like, you know, and he described it, but he said for most of the movie, it looks like a regular person because they're covered with skin. And, um, um, like, it looks like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, um, you know, so, and, and then I remember watching it with some friends and telling my dad all about it. And then I've watched it with my dad and that was, and we watched it and I just remember him going, you know, uh, you know, kind of doing that, like interesting, which way they took the franchise, you know, we were talking about that whole deal. So yeah. I just had a thought, I'm having a thought here, Barbosa. if nothing dead will go back through time, which is why they come back naked, which is why they can't come back carrying their weapons, which how did the T-1000 get through? That is an excellent question. Okay, like, I don't want to be that guy with this movie, though. That was, well, that was one of the, when I watched that, the video of, like, everything wrong with Terminator 2, um, that was one of the questions they brought up that I was like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. I, yes. You got to, okay. So there was, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rep another podcast that doesn't exist anymore. Um, okay, there was a that's podcast. okay. That's yeah, fine. Uh, there was a podcast called Sky Next. And what they did, um, actually, it's the same guys that did, um, oh, shoot. Um, have, have you ever listened to the Round 3 podcast? Have I ever shared that one with you guys? No. Okay. So Round 3, they do quick little recordings. And it's not even the same host anymore. The one guy is still the same, but there's two other people on there now. <clears throat> it's kind of like our three questions that we do. Um, okay. But... You know, they, they go a little bit longer into the three questions and, and whatnot. But um, a couple guys used to do a Smallville podcast that I listen to all the time. Okay. And then when the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show came out, they started a podcast on that. And it was called Sky Next. And they had a phrase that they used all the time. Whenever time travel stuff would come up, and that TV show played with the time travel aspect quite a bit, they would always say, just embrace the paradox. Mm-hmm. Just embrace the paradox. Just gotta don't don't think about it too hard. Just embrace the paradox. Yeah. All right. So here's I, I actually have an answer for you. Um <clears throat> and I'm trying to see if this actually comes through. Let's see. I don't know if this okay, this is on the Terminator wiki. The fandom okay. the fandom wiki. So uh, unless I go there and see like some kind of footnote that tells me why this is true. Um, the, yeah, the Terminator wiki says that the T-1000 is capable of generating a synthetic bioelectric field. Okay. It is possible the T-1000 simulates the structure of living cells for the duration that's required for time displacement to occur. 
Okay. Skynet grows a synthetic flesh pod or cocoon around the T-1000 specifically to send it through time. Right. All right, fine. Yeah. And you know what? And that's totally plausible. I mean, how many things in like, how many things do we have to like in real life do we come up with? And it's just like, okay, well, we, you know, we, we got to get from here to there. Right. It was in the movie, you know, Apollo 13, when you just, which amazing example of people, engineers solving problems. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I'm not interested in what it was designed to do. I'm interested in what it can do. Okay. So so Surround you, it with flesh, right. send it through, and so you've got yeah. a you've got a deleted scene of the T one thousand surrounded in this giant fleshy cocoon, going. This is me in a nutshell. What am I doing yes. in such a bloody big <laughs> nutshell? Hi, I'm here in a nutshell. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man. Yeah. Hey, Bo, how's it going? Bo. Bo is here. Uh-huh. I'm got, well, gentlemen. How are you? Bo got oh, time dipl- displaced, and now he's here with us. Yeah, time displaced <laughs> is a good way to put it, dude. We're we're talking about Terminator two possibly one of the top 10 awesomest movies ever made. And we've got like 12 sections of this movie that we need to discuss. We're on topic one. I was going to say two. We're, yeah. It, it's a beefy one. Oh my I goodness. I had forgotten. Oh my goodness. Man. We're not, even, we're, not even on topic. we're not even on topic one, Pat. Are we on, are we still in the, are we still in the uh, precursor? We're still in the precursor. Are, are we in the preface? It's, it's the prelude to the, the actual uh, event. What do what, what the greatest my generation goodness. guys call it? The Marin? The, Mar- yeah, the yeah. Marin Open. Oh, my God, you're still in the open? Yeah. God bless. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> we well had... John played the music, and then that just he just oh, wow. a rabbit hole yeah. of... That kind of oh, threw us off a little bit. So Here, Here's what we've established. Motorcycles well, when you are... walk into a conversation and two guys are talking about fleshy pods, <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> hey, I, just, I just call that a Tuesday night. Okay. Okay. So yeah, what, we've, this group. what we've established are that motorcycles are cool. Mm-hmm. Shotguns with a lever action that you can spin like the riflemen are cool. Yes. Helicopters really being flown, doing incredible things are cool. Yes. Grenade launchers are cool and also gray true. tank tops are cool. So, I mean, that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Have uh, we gotten into the whole, like, and I, I will admit to not, digging into this one as much as I wanted to. But as I'm watching this movie and you guys were talking about the T-1000 and fleshy pods and things like, was there a point when he's making this movie? He goes, okay, I have made this thing too powerful. I don't know. Like I'm watching some of these scenes and I'm going, man, he had some trouble writing his way out of this paper bag. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how do you stop something that can regenerate like that? Yeah. Can it be stopped? Unknown. Right. Yeah. Like, and well, the, the scene that did it, the scene that started me down that rabbit hole was the first confrontation in the mall. They're beating up on each other, and at some point I'm like, neither one of these machines can really be stopped. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's what it's a great hell? way of it's a great way of showing you without having to literally call back to uh, Kyle Reese's whole line. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. And so that kind of <clears throat> the horror aspect of Terminator One. Yes, and that this is an unstoppable, literally unstoppable killing machine until you manage to get it in some kind of a situation where you've blown it up and it's still crawling after you 
and then you have to get it in this hydraulic press and you it might still kill you you know how do you up the ante from that especially knowing that your hero this time is that same terminator that was nearly unstoppable before you got to have something that's even more unstoppable and which is ridiculous <laughs> right yeah right I, on some level i mean it's an amazing movie i'm not trying to pay in the movie which is why you get stuck after Terminator 2. Then what do you do? Yeah, where? Where, where well, do you go? Apparently, <laughs> apparently you do Terminator 3, and that was a mistake. Okay, <laughs> I, and I, John, put that as topic 12, because that's the other thing I wanted to bring up with this movie, too, is like, you know, on some of the, the other podcasts we talk about, the, the awesome uh, Greatest Gen, to- they talk about the power of Star Trek and Star Wars, where you make it a place, not... A thing i think i have that right where it there's different things going on it's not just you know and i wonder see i'd forgotten that existed john i that's love probably watching the, that's all, probably the right course of action i love we'll see and i'll and still so, watch it but yeah yes and that's the thing is those movies you put them on it's like hey this is cool this is fun this is even the later ones where they started re-rewriting the timeline mm-hmm. but at some point i wonder if and here's the topic 12 thing does terminator function more as like a story Hey, get in, get out, and let the rest be up into your imagination, trying to mm-hmm. figure out what those other things are. And does it just function better like that? Nothing against the movies that were made later. Mm-hmm. My certainly not against any of the actors or scriptwriters or everything, because they're fun movies to watch. But I, I just wonder if that's why the first two have that punch. And even if, you know, Terminator 2 could be your desert island movie. Like if you only had Terminator 2. Yeah. yeah. And that was the point, John, you were saying uh, uh, earlier was that this could be the gateway into the Terminator franchise because they do the exposition and fill you in on the background in such a an effective way where you're creating the characters, right? You, like they do exposition, and while they're doing that, they're showing you who John Connor is, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, my mom's a complete psycho. She's da 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 Okay, you've learned all about who John Connor is, and you've gotten a recap of what's happened after the first movie, right? Um, these were taken at the such-and-such such mall, you know, yesterday, and I got it out of order. They talk about the one at the cop station when the original Terminator goes through that. That builds some serious tension in the movie. That's just like, oh, like, it's it's going down. Um so anyways, I, I just, I wonder if Terminator works better as like a solitary thing. Like just check this out, you know? All right. So if we're going to go down our list here, do you want to start with stunts? I'm, I'm going off it of like Pat came in like guns blazing here with his. He literally. Literally guns blazing. That's, so I did do bullet points, you know, because I figured that was appropriate. Were they the guns uh, of Navarone? It may be. Man. Superfly, Man. Superfly TNT. Um, now that would be a cool movie. Terminator, Guns of Navarone mashup. Terminator versus the Guns of Navarone? Oh, man. Narrated by Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I need to get into making movies. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, because I my like the movies I made would be like a canon film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just, yeah. I, uh, like, if you want to call stunts, like, I don't, I, like I said, John, do you have an agenda? Because I don't want to mess it up, but I just want to say, like, watching like actual stunts and i i didn't process that that guy was really flying that helicopter mm-hmm. that he flew the helicopter under the bridge yeah he flew the helicopter under the bridge at like what three foot height 
(laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and you see it flare, like further down that highway, he has to flare to get up over the next one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like, well, and, and I mean, what's the big story is like, no, James Cameron had to film because the cameraman was like, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like, I mean, you think about that and it's like, dang, like how many things could go wrong? Mm-hmm. And how, like, what kind of skill do you need to, to do that? My gosh, that is unbelievable. Um, and then the other one I want to mention that is great. And it ties into the music piece is when they're going into the, the, they're, they're on the truck full of night, not nitroglycerin liquid uh, nitrogen yeah. mm-hmm. crashing into a steel smelting plant because that's awesome. Right. And that's why it needs to be in the movie and the term. And, and I don't know if it was a stunt double or Arnold Schwarzenegger did it himself. I have to read more on it, but the stunt where like the trucks are locked together. And so he grabs, he grabs the, uh, uh, the gun and runs over the bed of the one truck up onto the hood of the other truck and then opens up on the T-1000 at speed. And it's like, yeah, some dude really did that. That's pretty incredible. And, I mean, I watch it, and it's like, I watch that scene a couple of times because I, I want to I believe it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Maybe it was a stunt double. Whoever the heck it was looked really, really good. Moving Like, he had sick moves on that. That looked so good. Well, did you read the stuff about Robert Patrick and training himself to try to run? Um, was it try to run while breathing through his nose so it didn't look like he was exerting any energy so he could look like yeah. a robot while running? And that he trained awesome. so hard and he was so fast that he had to slow down because he kept catching up with John Connor on the motorcycle? Oh, that's awesome. Like, it, Yeah, he's it, kind it, of a badass. Yeah. Like, well, Edward Edward Furlong, the, the actor playing John Connor, would be on his motorcycle and, awesome. and Robert Patrick as T-1000 is, you know, arms straight doing that whole running thing. And, yeah. and they told him after, like, okay, you, you caught him. If you catch him at this point in the movie, that's a real short movie. So yeah. we need you to slow down just a little bit and not kill the protagonist in the first <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. That's, that is so cool. And just that his, is, it's, it's not a, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of a stunt thing, but you know, just all of, all of his, the whole stunts with the, the T-1000 and just his, I'm going to drop this in, even though we're talking stunts right now, just his mannerisms, like how much he looks like a robot, like he looks like something inhuman. And that is what I think when you talk about, and I was reading the, the, you know, one of the trivia things that he tried to mimic the movements of a bald eagle because he Mm -hmm. felt like that, that would kind of give him these inhuman movements, but make him also, you know, just a little creepy and, um, I think that's what makes this one such a great sequel. You know, sometimes you, sometimes sequel wise, it's, it's hard to take the villain that you had before, the monster that you had before and one up it and have it still be threatening because, well, I beat it the first time. So I'm going to beat this one too, but just his mannerisms, not that Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't play a good robot in the first movie. Robert Patrick looks like a robot. Yeah. Like if I didn't know the dude was real, I would have thought they built an actual life-size robot. Um, Back to that mall scene, you talk about him looking like a robot. Like he's moving just not quite human, you know? It's so good. <laughs> it, it is, especially when he cites John Connor. Like yes. it's a switch being thrown. Like, hey, have you seen this boy? Have you seen this guy? Have you seen – and then he sees him and it's just like, you know? And, pushes and, the kid out of the way and yeah and goes i for it. 
And I'll, I'll be honest. Doesn't he doesn't I, push the? That's the great part. He doesn't push the kid out of the way. The kid runs into him and like deflects off. Yeah. Like it's, like, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's like an almost yeah. inhuman thing. It's like he doesn't. It almost looks like there's no effort exerted for him to yeah. push the kid away. It's just I am this unstoppable machine, and oh, you got my way. Yeah, I, and Arnold. I think Arnold, you know, it's funny because I it, that this is like the great debate. Who plays the better robot? I've heard this with people where they're like, oh, my gosh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a T-800, nails it. Robert Packard is, and it's like like people like uh, Braveheart Gladiator levels of going back and forth. What I think is awesome is the way they both play their respective roles, they totally look like the old model, the new model, Right. I mean, Arnold just has the deadpan. He looks like it's like a machine. Robert Patrick has the same thing, but then you can see him like the, he's a fine looking boy. I'm sure he's okay. And he puts just enough pause that you can be thinking back to the first one when you see the Terminator select. Okay, well, what is my response going to be when the guy's like, hey, open up there. And he selects the response and all this kind of thing. You can see that's going on in the T-1000. I mean, and that's it. It's like the attention to detail is sick. And the fighting, what I think is cool is when they're shoving each other around like robots, that's just really cool. But the T-800, there's a couple of those. Like the T-1000 is faster and stronger. But the T-800, like in my mind, my head cannon is that it's heavier, right? It's just a weightier thing. And you could see like at the beginning, like he's pushing the T-1000 around and you could tell like he's got the center of gravity. He's got more mass to just shove this thing around. And like, he's always shoving this thing around till all of a sudden, okay, then it uses whatever it's speed or strength or whatever to get the upper hand. But even that, like he flails around more when the T-800 is shoving him around. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just all this attention to detail that establishes, you know, what you're, what you're watching. And he's, I don't know if that ever kind of played into it when they were writing the story. The T-1000 is supposed to be a prototype. So, okay. I mean, there, there still might be some glitchy stuff with him. Like if the Terminators had had some more time to, you know, run through some beta testing and, you know, version 3.0 of the public beta went out and yeah. they got some feedback from people and whatnot, and they maybe could have fixed some things. But, yeah, that's kind of the whole thing is this is a one of a kind, and, and maybe it was kind of rushed out because they had to throw it in the in the time machine and send it back and... Yeah. Yeah. And and that's all believable. And it's really easy to headcanon it. It all just makes sense. Oh yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, it's it is so good. And yeah. what about that mall scene when they both walk into the hallway? I and, mean And he literally has guns and roses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but you know, that's cool. He literally has guns and roses, and then you see like product placement Pepsi guy right. walking in, the, you know, with his clipboard with the Pepsi uh-huh. on the thing. And yeah. I'm just saying, like, I've, I, you know, the 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 collateral damage in this movie is, you know, that's another thing that like is sad. Not not sad like the movie is sad, but it just saddens me when you see like people caught in the the crossfire. But it's just like, man, you see this guy walking in, and then you see a uniformed police officer walking in, and they both have guns out. Like, dude, hit the deck, go through the door, do whatever. Don't get don't out. Stand, yeah. Just don't stand there, please. Bullet sponge at that point. Yeah. But oh wow, that was such a cool scene. And I would love to I would love to go back and be older and watch this for the first time and not know anything about 
the Terminator yeah. franchise because that moment where because you don't know you don't know who's the yeah. robot and who's not I mean it seems like from what you can tell up to this point the the T800 Arnold he's been stabbed he's been burned with a cigar he's been you know all these other things and he's responded like a robot mm-hmm. you haven't seen the T1000 get stabbed or shot or or anything up to this point so you don't know like you could assume that Robert Patrick is playing a human that has mm-hmm. gone back in time to save John Connor yeah. because he's a little bit more, there's a little bit more affect in his voice um, than what you would think a robot would have. And his movements are, you know, not that Arnold's movements are completely robotic, but his movements are a little bit more fluid, a little bit more human. And then that moment where they meet in that back hallway in the mall. And then it's just like, you, you've, you've been building up to that moment. And then all of a sudden you realize who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. You know, as he tells John, I think he tells John, get down. And then he yeah. shields him with his body while the T-1000 is shooting him in the back. and But I would yeah. love to, I'd love to I'd love to go back in time and see this for the first time as an adult and, and kind of build up to that point and be like, all right, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy? I, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, so we've, we've just, talked a little bit about stunts. We've talked a little bit about practical effects. Is there anything else you wanted to <clears throat> jump in gosh. with practical, practical effects and – I'm good. I just oh. like that helicopter thing. Yeah. That was the big thing is that is just please, please respect what you're seeing there. And it's unbelievable. Well, and everyone, everything with the T-1000, I mean, it, this is not the practical effects, but the, the visual effects um, and just the CGI with the T-1000 being able to morph into different people. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember seeing that with, um, what was it? Michael Jackson's black or white video mm-hmm. where people would morph people's faces into the next person and that was um, so cool that was that was so cool and then i hadn't seen the abyss at this point but obviously the abyss came before this one and you know they were they were working out some of the cgi stuff for that but just the the stuff you see them do with the t-1000 is bo i think we were saying this before you came on um it's from 1990 like they were filming right. this in 1990 and it looks great today like i I pulled out before we started recording. I pulled out my DVD copy. I don't even have. I don't think I have a Blu-ray copy of it. Just the old DVD. But anytime I put this on, like it does not look like a movie made in 1990. It doesn't look like a movie no. that's 30 years old. No, at all. The, the only thing that dates it is like the cars. Nobody has I cell mean, phones. A, nobody has cell phone. Right? Maybe the clothes. Maybe. Um. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean that that kind of blew my mind as a kid watching this for the first time, and seeing that T one thousand morph into different people, and then just the thought that because at at that point I also hadn't seen the thing, um, you mm-hmm. know, so that brings that whole thing of you don't know who the monster is. Like, this is a terrible monster because it could look like your family, it could look like your friends, it could look, you know, this isn't yeah. just some giant, you know, six foot whatever, killer robot with huge muscles coming at you. This is something that can look like anyone. Mm-hmm. including the floor. Right. Like literally anything. And, and, uh. Yeah. Makes it sufficiently creepy. Um, I'm going to push music. Music. We had music down as our third thing, but I'm going to push that back just a little bit because I think these kind of fit in a little bit more. You, Pat, you mentioned vehicle chases and motorcycles. Yeah. We already talked a little bit about that with the, with the helicopter, but what do you, what do you got in the mo- motorcycle department? Dude, I think the the Harley Davidson. It's the Harley Fat Boy, 
is that bike that came out and what a sick looking machine that thing is. I mean, that's wicked awesome. And, uh, it's still in the Harley lineup today because I've rewatched it and then I went out and priced it. I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't have one of those. Can't afford one of those, but don't have one of those, you know, and, um, Pat's, Pat's sitting here. Okay. Well, I just bought the soundtrack. Yes. Now I'm buying the motorcycle. That's and right. Now I'm buying the helicopter. Well, it it's, it's and now I'm it's buying like, an office building that I can blow up. And I remember that motorcycle was part of like Indiana and I'm not comparing the Terminator to Indiana Jones. So please don't write in unless you're going to attach your letter to a PlayStation five and mail it, you know, but I mean, it's like, you know, Indiana Jones has the hat and the bullwhip and that awesome satchel and the leather jacket and all that kind of thing. The, the motorcycle I remember was part of the Terminator two uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Dressed like the biker dude with the revolving shotgun and that, that motorcycle, you know, I think that, Features big, and I want to say that Harley model had just come out within a year. Um, and, you know, everyone's a little different, but, like, at 13 years old, I I was only really thinking about motorcycles. Um, and uh, so you can see I've come a long way. But, uh, I mean, like, so when that thing hit the screen, I mean, that just looked cool, right? And what a great placement of bad to the bone. I know this goes in for music, but I mean, like, Pat, you, you, you know, and I, you and I are on the same level here. Okay, okay, I, start, I just, start talking, start no, no, talking. No, 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 no. I, I just queued it up. Okay, yeah. I mean, because you got this evil killer robot that, or killer robot with an evil purpose. That is it the good guy? Is it the bad guy? Even if it's the good guy, it's throwing people around, stabbing people, doing the whole thing. And I don't want to say it's comic relief. Because I don't know that this movie really gives you that. I don't think this movie lets you breathe. I think this movie, like, keeps up in your face. But it's not cheesy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really seem to be comic relief. It's just fitting. You know, when he he hops out on that motorcycle, you know, gosh, that's just so cool. That bike just looks so cool. So great. went to go see actually I, I think i mentioned this on the zz top episode i recorded a few days ago when we went to go see zz top in um uh in austin um george thurgood and the destroyers opened for zz top and, and i gotta tell you having been a, a huge terminator fan and this being the first time i'd ever heard that song live concert when they fire up yeah. bad to the bone i'm like yes yeah thank you yeah and, and boy, they do it right with this whole scene, too, where they start on the boots coming down the thing, and then they pan up. Um, they got that cool, that cool thing where he grabs the shotgun out of the guy's hand, you know, which also does son, a good I, job I, of... Son, I can't let you take the man's bike. Yeah, yeah. 
and it establishes too, okay, T eight hundred machine like reflexes because it, you know, he whips that thing out of the guy's hand and, and but no, that that motorcycle and you know John Connor's riding a dirt bike that's cool, I, I mean and I don't know Terminator with some elaborate uh, elaborate chases you know yeah. and that whole thing with the truck and the dit and the that and. Well, you that, know, that I've whole seen truck stuff scene I, in the yeah, that whole truck scene in the uh, in kind of the was that the Los Angeles riverbed? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's that I, was crazy. I know, I know. I it uh, that was my favorite part. I used to have the T two uh, Game Boy game. Yeah, and that was like one of my favorite parts. You had to stay away from that. You were on John Connor's motorcycle, and you had to stay away from the semi truck. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and and we're gonna get into this with the music, but I mean. Um, so cool the, the way the music treats this and establishes kind of what, what you're supposed to be feeling, you know? Um, but yeah, when he, when he jumps the thing and I, you know, I've watched, there's some really good, like, you know, uh, motorcyclists breaking down movie scenes of motorcycles out there, you know, and, and the guy talks about it and like, it, you know, they say in reality, if a bike jumped that high, a bike like that would probably, you know, there's a good chance the frame would break up on impact, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that being said, it looks so good. It's like, that's cool. And that's why I go to the movies. Like I want to go to the movies to be entertained and see the cool stuff. But I mean, he's like, you know, and, and the rifleman stuff, like how cool is that? Like spinning the, spinning the lever action thing and shooting the locks off fences or, you know, winging shots from the, you know, from the top of that, whatever you said, that, what is it called? A, an aqueduct or a, the yeah. river? What? It, yeah, it's like, I think it's called the Los Angeles Riverbed. I think it's the Riverbed. The artificial yeah. river. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, I mean, that, that, that whole sequence is great. Yeah. Yeah. When I, one of my favorites, and it's, it's a real simple chase. Like, it's not, it's not the helicopter, it's not the motorcycle and the semi. Um, one of my favorites because I just, I love watching the guy run, um, mm -hmm. is when they're escaping from the hospital, when they've got Sarah, they're driving the car backwards and he's just, he's booking it. You know, he's got the, he's got the you know straight hands going while he's running and he's keeping up with the cop car while they're trying to drive away. And he just, mm -hmm. when they, when they spin themselves around so that they can get going straight again, instead of driving backwards, he just, he makes that hook with his hand and he just leaps and latches onto the back of the car. Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, that's mm -hmm. that's cool. Yes, that's cool. Yes, and that's like it's, like there's there's no explosions. There's no special effects with that. There's a, it's just it's just this evil robot that's ridiculously inhumanly fast. Yeah, and yeah, and and watching it climb up. You know, they do some cool sound effect editing when he smashes through that back window. It has a real low-pitched kind of yeah. crash it's almost to kind it. of like a whoosh it's like the, the, yeah. yeah i can't even describe what the sound is but it's yeah but it adds weight uh, like a you swiping know, sound yes you yeah. remember the scene where the, later where the terminator gets stabbed through with the metal rod yeah you know and i mean which boy that just okay here's topic number 13 but i mean how it humanizes him to where basically you're seeing a machine go to backup power and keep moving but the effect on the audience is oh my gosh this this guy is digging deep to save the kid he's not giving up but then you realize oh but it's a machine like 
it just it was a machine switching over to backup power. I mean, that's no different than, you know. It's like Scotty, it's like Scotty calling for auxiliary power. Right, something like that. But when he yanks that thing out, uh, that spear out of him, um, this, the, the metal on metal sound when he's yanking that out, and then when he drops it on the ground, like, you know, you hear that of metal sliding against itself, and then it drops, and it just sounds like this, like, six-ton, like, boom. Not six-ton, that's exaggerating. Yeah. But this, like, 100-pound weight just dropping on the ground. I, I think the way they, they edit the sound in, it really helps add to a lot of these scenes. Now, in that scene in particular, there was something, and I'm trying to remember if it was in the special edition version of this movie or if I just read it in the book because I read this was mm-hmm. one of those this is one of those that when I saw the movie I was like I, I now love everything Terminator like I got to go buy the books I got to go buy they were they came out with some of the toys kind of around that time and I remember buying the book for it and in the book and I think they might have done this in some deleted scenes to give you a sense that the T1000 is weakening as he kind of moves through the different areas of the the metal foundry um, when he steps on, like, there's a part of the ground that has, like, this this caution paint. It's, like, yellow striped. It's, like, yellow stripes to tell you, like, don't go past here. And he steps on it, and his foot, like, the bottom part of his leg, turns, like, yellow striped. Hmm. Like, he can't control his, his mimicry anymore. Um, and I don't remember if that's in the book or if that's in one of the deleted scenes from the movie, but I always thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, okay, so he can... You know, he, he can potentially be stopped. We, we're seeing some evidence that maybe he's not as invulnerable as we think he is. Um, I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so do you want to go? I'm, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I just interrupted John no, saying the same thing. Bo, I've been gushing on this movie for like the last, you know, 80 years. So like. No, no, it's your everything you're saying is right. It is an amazing movie for sure. What, Bo, what order did you see the movies in? Did you see Terminator first? Or did you I see this definitely saw this first. Okay. In fact, I I don't even remember the original all that much, like just conceptually. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen it, but I've seen it less than I've seen this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What stood out for you? Like what is your, you know, like I was saying Arnold sitting on the motorcycle with the shotgun and the thing, you know, and that half red eye coming through the sunglasses. Like, yeah, that's... it's totally an iconic look that you yeah. just know, like, right. All the stuff, the liquid stuff with the T 1000 was just so cool. I mean, it was at the time it was something we'd never seen. Like that sort of, that sort of, uh, effect was just too cool to not like just be into, you know? And the thought of it, the thought of, you know, liquid metal, something you could form into, it's just the concept of it is so cool. And frightening when it's chasing you, don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that was something I think James Cameron wanted to do. It was a discarded idea from the original Terminator because they just didn't have the technology to do anything with it. Um, you know, he had this idea of, hey, could we play with the idea of, like, liquid metal, like mercury or something like that? Um, and he's like, yeah, we could, but I don't have the budget for it. We don't have the technology for it to make it look convincing. So, nah, we'll – maybe I can come back to that later in a different movie, but can't do it right now. 
So it, that was in his mind, you know, when he when he made the original. Um, I actually went back and I started to li- I didn't finish it, but I started to listen to our episode that we did on the original Terminator movie. Oh wow! Uh, all the way back, uh, episode number twenty-two. There, friends. Oh, geez. I think I missed that one because I don't remember when we were just babes. Yeah. So, um, wow. Yeah, but uh, that he, the James Cameron, you know, he made the first Terminator because. He had kind of a kind of a fever dream about this, you know, robotic skeleton, you know, chasing after him with kitchen knives and crawling on the floor and trying to kill him. And um, and so, you know, I sounds like he had some other ideas that he wanted to try out. They just didn't have the ability to do him at the time. Um, speaking of the T-1000, I this, this sounds like his fever dreams are pretty messed up. I know. Yeah. Right. He did that and then he did Titanic. Um. One of the things I had no clue was that Robert Patrick was not the first person that they were going to get to play the T-1000. Did you guys see who the original choice was? I didn't, but I always love this stuff. Who are they thinking? Billy Idol. Oh, wow. Billy Idol was going to play the T-1000, but he had to drop out because he hurt his leg in a motorcycle accident. That's a different movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I was like, okay. I don't see that one. I, I think Robert Patrick is the perfect choice for this. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. All right, Pat. Um, hmm. I, I think I'll, I'll give you a choice here because we're probably we're, we're probably getting close to three question time. Um, which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do gray tank tops or music? Well, or do you want to sing a song s- about gray tank tops? Yeah, I, all I'm going to say is uh, <laughs> um, I'll channel 13 year old Pat. Sarah kind of looked good in her gray tank top, and I need to go do pull-ups. Okay. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll channel older Pat, you know, I need to go do pull-ups after watching this movie. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then I, you know, need to go do every other exercise in the, under the sun. But, uh, um, yeah. Whereas whereas 13-year-old John, at the thought of even trying to do a pull-up, looked at that and was <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Good for you. <laughs> good for you. Good, good for on you. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm happy for you. That's the same thought 40-year-old John has. Well, don't, let's, you know. let's, let's be honest. But, you know, the cool thing is, like, what a transformation for that character. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I remember talking to my dad, like, you know, hey, saw Terminator 2, and he was like, okay, yeah, what'd you think? And I'm like, well, you know, this character and that character. And he'd be like, oh. And I'd say, yeah, Sarah, Sarah Connor, like, she was like a, you know, she was like a fighter. You know, she was like, you know, she had a rough and, decade. and the thing was, he's like, Oh, and I'm like, cause so in the first one, did she fight? And he's just like, no, she was like this waitress that was the victim, you know, like, and it was just like, wow, you talk about like a transformation, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's interesting too watching this movie. She was, she was what we refer to in the business as the final girl in the, horror, yeah. in the horror movie. Yeah. You know, what I find amazing is how the first part of the movie is all in, like, hues of very metallic or white or, like, a blue light, but it's very metallic looking, very sanitary is the wrong word, but just very bland, kind of. And, like, the scene where he is like sewing her up when the T-1000 sliced her when they escaped and, and you know, the three of them escape and they're in that like 
auto garage or whatever. And in that, she is still very much in the machine-ish, machine-ish kind of like light. And the T-1000 looks very human, mm-hmm. right? And I just find that an interesting treatment, you know, and, and I'll say watching this movie, it, it always made me as a kid so sad seeing what happened to Miles Dyson, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what happened in front of his family and then later what happened to him. I, I just, and I still watch that and that still clicks with me and it just makes me just sad. I, 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 can I explain it? Well, there's the obvious, but it, it just, boy, that just, that gives me all the feels when that happens. And in studying this thing, like I remember watching it the first time and thinking, yeah, okay, Sarah Connor wants to prevent the future and she's gone nuts and she's just opening up and everything like that. And I know I'm not saying anything that like anyone else can't figure out, but what's interesting is that she basically tries the same solution that the machines tried on her. And that's such an interesting thing where in trying to save her son, she loses her humanity and just becomes this like almost mind, well, almost this mindless killing machine. Right. And it was that, you know, she starts with the, you know, like with the little laser sight trying to shoot him and then like goes, you know, fully automatic and just just sitting here in that, that picture of the, of the gun uh, recoiling in her and her just had that she had this like not blinking stare. It, It was almost like watching a Terminator. You know, and like just seeing her kind of lose her humanity and then, you know, then her being the one to lecture him on, um, you guys are really good at building things, you know, that blow things up and destroying the world. Do you know what it's like to create? And that's something that I've heard like people say, you know, just people of all different walks of life, you know, everything from pacifists to people that are warriors will come, you know, like they, come to this realization like hey we're really good at destroying things it's really hard to you know build things up you know we were just talking about the olympics right i mean you know something happens and boy you get 999 million people or 99.9 percent of the people out there just love going and tearing people down for stuff you know it's really harder to be out there and like hey let's let's build people up let's you know and so like i thought that was just a really it didn't bog the movie down but that just kind of, that's where I get, you know, leave this movie just thinking about it, but watching Sarah Connor kind of become more of a machine and just the way they did that with the lighting and, and uh, that was a pretty powerful aspect of the movie. You well, know what I mean? Well, just think about the first time you see her in this movie, when, when you left her, you know, in, in movie time, I guess where the first one came out in 84. So <clears throat> you're looking at what, seven years later. So, Seven years later, but in the timeline, I guess it's supposed to be 11 years later, um, you left a waitress who barely fought her way through destroying this machine. Very timid, very, you know, you, you saw her start to get tough at the end of Terminator. And the first time you see her in this one, if you've seen Terminator, the first time you see her in this one, I think her first line is, good morning, Dr. Silverman. How's the knee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, watching it the first time, I didn't get that. I was like, ooh, she's she's not a nice person. But then going back and having watched Terminator later on and be like, well, hold on a second. This is the same Sarah Connor? Mm-hmm. Such a change and just such a fun way. When you see the movies in order, such a fun way to reintroduce that character and tell you, yeah, she's had a rough decade. Things are going to be <laughs> just a little bit different. Yeah. How's the knee? Yeah. Yeah. 
stab me with a pen knife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or stab me with a pen. I can't remember how he words it, but yeah. Um, the look on his face when the T-1000 walks through yes. the metal grate and the T-800, you know, like, I mean, it's just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we gotta, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute, and we got to get to our three questions, but we have not yet talked about the music. So we got to <sighs> we, we gotta talk about it. We already played a little bit of it earlier. Um, Pat, do you have specific pieces of the music you want me to, to play? I've got some queued up here. In fact, I can, you want me to play the, the theme that we played earlier? Yeah, play that haunting. you said haunting it's sad it's this metallic march in the background it's it just a a piece of music that just kind of sums the whole franchise up perfectly Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's a great it's a great theme you identify it immediately yeah you know what you need to know from this movie Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, the I want to pull up uh, some of the the kind of the T one thousand music. Let me see if I can find y- that here. Yeah. You get the relentless, mm-hmm. the, the relentless chase. Yeah. And just the, it sounds like a monster. It sounds like some monster is creeping towards you. And then to emphasize the fact that most of his weapons are, you know, turning his arm into a sword he can stab you with, you get like the, almost like the psycho stabbing sound. Yeah. It's like that, that shriek yeah. ah, kind of yeah. thing. 
that and and they use that and i'm thinking back to that chase they use that to establish that this is still a horror movie yeah you know what i'm saying it's it's and even i don't know a ton of horror movies but it seems like a lot of horror movies have sometimes more simplistic kind of build tension-esque music right Mm -hmm. like that's kind of a treatment of that even you know and, and and you hear that in here Yeah. The one I definitely wanted to play was, and and it's got some similar stuff in it, is the helicopter chase. Yeah. Just like the Terminators are are steady and unstoppable, mm-hmm. like him just walking through that kid in the arcade, the music is the same way. It's very a lot of them start off very repetitive, mm-hmm. just and building. They just keep building and building. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. this is the one where as you get more towards the, well, you get towards the scene where the helicopter actually goes under the tunnel and mm-hmm. through the tunnel is where I think I mentioned it earlier is that the music sounds like a large vehicle traveling through a tunnel. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not the effect. And, and sometimes I think listening to this soundtrack, I was like, well, that's interesting. I guess they just pulled the sound effect from the movie itself. No, it's the music is making that sound, but it sounds exactly like a large vehicle passing through a tunnel. Yeah, that's just fantastic. Skip ahead just a tiny bit in this one if I can. Actually, the music I'm the music I'm thinking about might actually be the next one, the Tanker Chase. Yeah, that's, that's the one dun, I'm thinking dun, about. Yep. Don 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 Don. Yeah, it just builds and builds and builds. Just chuck the grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. Just cleared the action on the the air fifteen.
music for a second when he does that like tuck and roll off the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After after emptying the clip into the Team 1000, smashing the windshield and yanking the steering wheel to the side. Yeah. And please, for our... For all our viewers, edit me out the narrating thing. Like, I'm just getting excited. There he goes. He's doing this. He's uh, no, doing no, no. this. You're, you're good. You're now good. he's running across the hood of the truck <laughs> at speed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, dang. This is like when we accidentally put on the descriptive audio version of the Olympics yeah. the other day as we were trying to watch it. Oh, yeah. And it, you have a person, come on. They are at the starting gate. The gun has been fired. They are now running through a shaded part of the stadium. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. I realized I accidentally put on the wrong one, but. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. I'm like, it's nice. I like narration, but no, you're uh, fine. Yeah, but, I keep my big mouth shut, but wow. And you know what? We're here and to I narrate, Pat. We're here to narrate. Yeah. The, the yeah only it is sort of a, a uh, audio medium we've yeah. uh, signed up for here. That, that much is true. I. The other one I was going to mention was the, 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 the motorcycle chase. You know, another thing that just escalates the music, especially when it, you've got that pause where Arnold jumps it off the top uh, of, the, of the riverbed there and then crashes down. And then when he finally, you know, they add another little rhythmic kind of motive into the music that just adds another little, little uh, color to the tapestry, another little thread to the tapestry as he weaves around, you know, because he's trying to get around the, the, the semi-truck with the C-1000 keeps swerving. But then what occurred to me is like, you know, we've listened to a lot of podcasts and interviews with, with music composers, and they say, you know, it's hard because, you know, it's like, okay, we want you to write one minute of music for the scene. Okay, well, guess what? Now the scene is a minute, ten, one minute, 10 seconds long. It's like, oh, well, I got to add 10 seconds of music. Okay, well, that's easier said than done. Or, you know, oh, guess what? Now it's only 90 seconds long. Or wait, no, I said a minute. Okay, I can't do math. Now it's only 50 seconds long. Whatever I'm trying to say, they shorten the scene. Well, now you got to cut something out. And with this music, it fits the action so perfectly, but it's like, it's super repetitive. Okay, so they take something and they add it in and they take something and add it in and it's all you know, electronic. And I, I, I can't pretend to be an expert with this, but I would imagine if he's working with a lot of synthesizers or like a couple people making this, oh, guess what? That scene is now going to be one minute, 10 seconds long. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to keep everything that I have, but now at that 10 second mark, I'm going to add in this extra little rhythmic element to it. And all that's going to do is add a little bit more tension or, oh, you're jumping the motorcycle off the cliff. Uh, here's what I can do. I can put a pause in the music or, oh, is it just kind of the helicopter chase? Okay. I really don't need to, you know, they're lobbing gun, they're, you know, it's a running gunfight on the highway, but you know, I don't need to add a lot of stuff in there. Oh, but right here, helicopter flies through the tunnel. I can add you some, and it's not like you need to reorchestrate something for a whole, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it, and I think that's the common thread I'm hearing. It's like the music matches it so perfectly it's like in lockstep um even if it's just kind of background effect type stuff right like the t1000 thing that you played it's you get this kind of like you said the monster groaning and then it kind of picks up and then oh well guess what we need him to you know robert patrick's running really fast so the scene is only 30 seconds long now okay well i'll just add all these you know, I, I think he can have direct control and the nature of the music is just repeated kind of 
So, oh, I got more time? I'll add another cool little rhythm to kick things up to 11. Oh, I got less time? All right, well, I'll, you know, I might be all wet. So, you know, listeners, if you know or, you know, if there's any information out there about, like, him talking about writing the music, please attach the list of the place that we can find that music to a PlayStation 5 and send it into the show. (laughs) Still still haven't had any luck with that? Not yet, man. You and about... 50 million other people. I know. <clears throat> but yeah, that, that music. And, and again, like, just go back. That theme is just magnificent. So. Um, while some of the music was playing, I had ran real quick to go get the only one that I have left. I don't know what happened to the other ones. They, they went missing probably in several different moves. Um, I tried my very best as a kid to get all of the Terminator action figures Yes. Oh, wow. The only one I have left is the Arnold in black leather with the minigun. It's awesome. Well, I mean, if you're going to have one, I suppose that's the one, right? And you're, you're supposed to be able to, there's a button on the back that you're supposed, oh, there we go. You're supposed to be able to push the button down and like it, his stomach flies open and he's got a little missile he can shoot out and then you see the robot face. And, I'll um, be back. There was, there was that one that's and then cool. there, was, uh, there was another one where I feel like you could switch out the, you could switch out the human parts for robot parts. And you could slowly mm-hmm. make him look more and more damaged or, yeah. That's and then the, cool. Then the T-1000, um, I think he came with one arm already in, like, sword mode. And mm. I think there was a button you pushed on his back that just made him fall apart. And there was, like, a blob of silver in, on the inside of it. Oh, cool. So I, the toys were so much fun. I remember trying to track all those down. and Yeah. Had most of them at one point, but... Who are they marketing this movie for? Well, see, that's the thing. It's an R-rated movie. You're making toys for an R-rated movie. I mean, at that point, you didn't have the same kind of collectors you do now. You know, the merchandising, the, merchandising. The freaks like me who have all this stuff behind them. Um, no, it's you. Uh, you didn't have all that back then. At least it didn't seem like you did. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe they figured the parents are going to go see the movie, come home all excited about it, tell the kids about it. The kids are like, I want to buy a Terminator toy too. Yeah, and and maybe, you know, I mean, okay, I'll be naive, Pat. You know, when you're in the playing with toys stage, maybe that's the way to guarantee that, okay, when your movie kind of a few years down the road when the next best thing comes out, no, man, I want to go back and watch Terminator 2. Like, I couldn't watch it when I was 12 or 11 playing with the toys and – yeah. Makes fans for life. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this is I, I was taking a look. They have uh they have some of the other ones like they have the just just the full on uh T eight hundred endoskeleton toy and Yeah. Yeah, I had uh I had most if not all of these. Mm-hmm. That was fun stuff. I, maybe, and maybe watch that at, scene at some where point I may need to track these down again. Watch that scene where Arnold grabs the uh minigun to to you know shoot out the window Uh and even the way he's pivoting he looks like a machine like he his you know it's just he just sits there and just kind of turns back and forth like he's on a pet like he's on a pivoting pedestal he just looks very machine like doing it you know yeah so just another example of that attention to detail yeah yeah um yeah, there was I, I, there were a couple of articles I, I found on here real quick just looking, and uh, some people had mentioned on here, like, 
yeah, my uh, my grandmother didn't know what this toy was and bought it for me at like a garage sale. And um, I had never seen the Terminator movies and I didn't know that they made toys for Terminators. And it's a little weird, but I was one of my favorite toys when I grew up. So there's a few different, I found a couple of different things on here. Um, yeah, see, now that I'm looking at this, I think I had almost all of these. There's a John Connor that comes with a motorcycle. I'm sure I probably still have that motorcycle somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, it was a police officer, supposed to be the T-1000 as a police officer. Okay. Yeah. And like Terminators in, in various states of damage. Cool. Yeah, I, I vividly remember these. What I don't understand, and I don't think I understood this as a kid, is why the Terminator has a midriff bearing shirt. <laughs> I mean, I, well, you know, for why, all the ladies out there. Why you couldn't have colored that black like the rest of it, I don't, I mean, I see some, I see some nude abs and I want to paint them black. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Interest, any, interesting choices. Else? Interesting yeah. choices. Anything else before we jump into three questions? Are we ready for anything else? I mean, we could talk about this for hours, but. It's a great movie, man. It's movie. just a great movie. Forgot how much awesomeness. It had been a while since I saw it. I did see somebody post a question online when I was looking around at some different stuff. And this would be like one of the three. This is not one of the three questions, but this would be long enough to be a three question. And, you know, we won't take that long to answer it. Um, somebody posted and said, uh, I will argue this is the greatest action movie of all time. Hmm. Would hmm. this be if you were to consider if you if I said, hey, guys, uh, I need you to make a list of your top five action movies of all time. Would, would this one be in your in your top five? That's tough. Top five action movies. It's. I'm gonna go out and say it's definitely top ten. Okay. Five's a tough nut to crack. On a whim, especially when it's a fleshy pod. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and when you consider what how broad the definition of action really is, I feel like. I feel like that's where you can get into trouble there. Mm -hmm. Actions abroad. I mean, let's be honest. I think we would all say Indiana Jones qualifies as action movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think five, top five's hard. Top ten, we could talk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's I think watching it again, it might be as much as I enjoy the Terminator. And you know, I've always said before, I'm a sucker for time travel movies. And anything dealing with time travel, um, I, it might be for me. It might be in my top five. I don't know that I would say it's my number one, but yeah, I don't know. I just I saw that. I was like, that's an intriguing question. That in oh, and of without itself, a doubt. I mean, that is worth exploring, and that's a you know that uh, I don't think we've gone to quite that level in any of our special anniversary episodes that might be an interesting starter for one i'm not i'm not really yeah. sure 
how deep a rabbit hole we go down with that, but that's its own special, like three hour tour. Well, right. All right. Well, we don't have three hours, but we do have three questions and here they are. There it is. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Now I just want to take a bunch of Arnold quotes from other movies and like make it sound like the Terminator is saying them. <clears throat> I have a bunch of, bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> I want your clothes. A <laughs> it's not a tumor. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. It's not a tumor. Oh. Um, at all. All right. Uh, question number one. What is your favorite Terminator movie that was released after T2? Ooh. I haven't seen enough to really have a favorite. I will say the one where, the, and maybe they've done this in more than one, so you guys will have to help me out. The one where they, the first one where they sort of inserted Arnold digitally de-aged. That um, one, yeah, that was uh, Terminator Salvation. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting way to reboot the timeline. I'm not sure it was the right way to do it, but it's really the only one post... I think it's the only one post-Terminator 2 I've seen, so... Well, you got uh, to, re to refresh your memories, just in case yes, please. you need a refresher on it. Uh, there was Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, there was Terminator uh, Salvation, which is the one you were just talking about, Bo, where they, yeah. they jump forward and it's the adult John Connor. Uh, then there was Terminator Genesis. Um, that is where <clears throat> that is where uh, Skynet is a, a like a mobile operating system that is going to be you know opened up on everyone's devices around the world. And there's a you know the, the Terminator is a little bit like a liquidy metal kind of Terminator deal, but it's got some other stuff going on. Um, that one was kind of interesting because they messed with the, when they traveled back in time from the future, um, they really messed with the timeline because they, they visited a scene from the 1984 movie in the beginning, and then they kind of jumped forward. They had some device that allowed them to time travel forward a little bit, and so then they jumped forward, I think, to T2 as well, and so then they were dealing with the T-1000, you know, from that point. Um, interesting. So that one was kind of interesting. Not a great movie, but I, I did like that part of it. Um, and then Terminator Dark Fate was the one they did most recently with um, Sarah Connor coming back. Sounds like I have some catch-up work to do. You got some catch-up stuff to do. My goodness. Who knew? Yeah. So, I, Pat, do you have a favorite out of all those? Have you seen all those? I have. I've okay. seen all of them. I, I don't know how to answer this question other than they all have pieces that I really like a whole lot, but to choose a favorite. And I go back to the earlier thing, it's like, the world gets widened, but I don't know if that's necessarily a benefit, but I don't want to slight all those movies because, you know, actors and camera work and special effects and all that stuff. It's, they're great. So I, you know, for me to sit here 
on the podcast and just kind of, well, these guys weren't as good. I, I don't know. It just wouldn't feel right. If I had to pick one, you know, here, I'll go with this one. I'll go, I'll go with this one. Tell me if it's controversial. I'll say Dark Fate because okay. at least it kind of, well, and I guess Terminator 3 did this as well. I don't know. I was just going to say kind of follow on the timeline as opposed to rewriting it. But now that I'm saying that, it's like, well, it was kind of cool when they revisited the earlier things and the way they did that, you know, with the um, uh, uh, whatever the Terminator was where they altered the timeline so much. Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis. Um I don't know. Genesis. Well, and some Terminator fans would tell you Genesis is forbidden. Yeah. Don't yes. watch that. Is movie how forbidden? You, how can you be deaf with ears like that? I um Yeah, I, I you know what? I'm going to have to just be like I'm stumped. I don't know how to answer that question. I've seen them all and they're all kind of like there's cool stuff in there. Yeah. I, I gotta I go struggle with that, man. I, That's I, hard. I know a lot of people didn't care for it, but I gotta go with Terminator Salvation. Like, yeah. I liked them kind of jumping forward because at that point, you know, you saw Terminator, you saw Terminator Two, and then Terminator Three was like, All right, we're just doing the same stuff again. Like it's a, we've we've got car chases and explosions and there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, mm. I'm like, All right, so you made a Terminator that's half robot, half liquid metal. Cool. Um, but then when Salvation come out, came out, it was like, okay, we're going to jump forward, and you're going to see John Connor as, as an adult. I'm like, ooh, okay. Now we're now it's no longer about preventing the future. It's more about you're in the future, and at some point you you got to get to the point where you you know send your father back in time and all that. But we're not quite there yet. Like we're still a few right. years away from that. So now we get to see kind of what it looks like to live in that limbo, that in between time. And I really like that about Salvation. And I like Salvation as a movie. Like, that was that moment when the de-aged Arnold Terminator came out. You know, it reminded you of the first Terminator because there wasn't this unstoppable liquid metal. Like, you weren't one-upping the rest of the Terminators. It was the original Terminator just more intimidating. And it was like the original Terminator improved upon and maybe a little more invulnerable than the first one was. Um so it was just kind of a nice callback to that original monster in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, question two. If they were going to make a new Terminator movie with a new threat, what could they do that they haven't done yet? So we said we, we already had the original Terminator. We've got the liquid metal Terminator. We've got the half and half Terminator. We have another, like, liquidy metal kind of Terminator in Dark Fate. We have the... Um, virus kind of Terminator in Terminator Genesis. Hmm. That's, that's harder for me because I haven't seen them all, but I'm just thinking a Sarah Connor Terminator would be pretty scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what its goals in life were. Yeah. Well, they did say, I think in one of the original books, they did say that the Terminator was supposed to have been modeled after the, the Terminator's flesh was supposed to have been modeled after an adult John Connor. Oh, well, there you go. I think that might have been in the original novel. Um, and that that was, you know, not that it, Sarah wouldn't have known that with this creature coming back in time, but um, that the Terminators did that as maybe like a psychological means of getting at the humans. And um, and apparently one of the early ideas for T2 
was to have, um, uh, was it for T2? Yeah, it was for T2, was to have, um, instead of Arnold coming back as the Terminator, to have a Terminator come back and look like Kyle Reese. That's interesting. Uh, that would be good. Yeah. I'd like to see, you know, this isn't a this isn't a new Terminator thing. I still would love to see a uh, RoboCop versus Terminator movie. Mm, yeah. They made, they made those comics back in the day, and those were a lot of fun. It was around the same time they were making the Alien versus Predator. That was a lot of fun. I'd love to see that movie. Yeah. That would be good. All right. Very good. Any, any other potential threats? Anything else? What else would make a good Terminator? Uh, not man, not as far as the robot thing goes, because they've done a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. It it kind of in Salvation, you even had uh, motorcycle Terminators. I was just gonna say, yeah, there were those there were those things. Um, that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if I got anything else. Okay, all right. Well, question number three: If you were recasting. Terminator, or making a new Terminator movie, what actor would you pick to play a Terminator? The Rock. Amen. That's a good one. Um, it's kind of cheating, but Vin Diesel, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Cena, like that whole group of guys would do well. Um, you could even go with Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, you know, the... Or is it scarier to pick somebody wiry like Ryan Reynolds and have him just come in and whoop ass? Mm-hmm. That's what like, I was gonna say. Like my my option might be like a, I might just go weird and creepy and do like a Christopher Walken or a Willem Dafoe or <laughs> Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe as a Terminator mm-hmm. playing his character from Boondock Saints. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that would be worth paying money for. Done. That's what I'm saying. Call James Cameron. We've got Terminator Seven figured out. We figured it out. Give us a call, Jimmy. We got this. James, when you're done mowing your lawn, if you can just yeah. give us a quick call, and uh, we've got the whole thing worked out. Got a guy named Dennis. He's going to write the screenplay for us. Yep. You can just send all the checks uh, attached to a PlayStation 5, because I'm sure you can get one. Care mm-hmm. of the 30-something movie podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pat, did you share yours? I don't know. Did I share mine? A uh, Bosa the Rock, and then you you had a moment. I, no, I did. I I, okay. did, I was like ditto, like okay, bam. Okay. That was that was where I was. Okay. <sighs> you know, just because it's 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 got to look like a big, powerful machine. You know what I'm saying? You know who? Just the way he he seemed to move in some of those fight scenes. You know who I think could be a decent Terminator? Mm. Um, Henry Cavill with the mustache from the Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He could be a yeah. Terminator. He's big enough. He's a big boy, but he can do pull-ups. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can do pull-ups. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for yeah. Terminator 2. Um, that's going to do it for our three questions. If you want to check out more of our episodes, go to 30podcast.com. Uh, we are at 30podcast on all the different social media spots. Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Steen Steelers Podcast Network by going over to www.scenestealersglobal.com. Um, our next few episodes coming up here in August, we've got our Patreon episode will be Stripes from 1981. Uh, then we've got coming up next week is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey Station. 
Uh, we've got the next one after that will be Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And then the next one after that is Suburban Commando. September, we've got our Patreon is My Dinner with Andre from 1981. Then we've got Jungle Fever, White Fang, Dead Again, Frankie and Johnny, and Beauty and the Beast. And then if you want to look way ahead to October and start watching some movies so you can get uh, stay caught up with us, our Patreon for October will be the original Evil Dead from 1981. Uh, then we've got Silence of the Lambs, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Sleeping with the Enemy, and The People Under the Stairs. So we got some good stuff coming up. And, and here in not too long, we're probably going to be fairly close to uh, starting to put out our potential uh, lineup for next year. So I've already got some... Some listeners have chimed in with some of their choices. I think most of you guys have chimed in and voted for your choices. So I think we're getting pretty close. I've I've started to, as best I can, break them up into themes for each of the months. And um, I'm just going to say some of the themes are a bit of a stretch. Much like the T-1000 stretching himself into a giant square on the floor, I stretched some of the themes for the <laughs> months. So There it is. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Well, as always, gentlemen, thank you so much. Always have a good time talking movies with you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And everybody, you have you even watched T two lately? Like, go watch it. Mm-hmm. Go watch it right now. Like, drop whatever you're doing. I mean, if you're driving, you'll know, park somewhere. But you know, go watch T two right now because it's amazing. On Netflix till the end of the month. Oh yeah. There we go. All right. All right, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Watch some good Terminator movies. We'll see you back here next time.